Hello, welcome. You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a bite-sized parenting podcast, a place you can find advice, understanding and support as you care for your small humans. I'm Siobhan Hunt. How long did it take you to name your baby? Perhaps you're still trying to work it out now. Naming a child is no small thing. After all, they have it for life. You quickly learn not to share a name before it's bestowed on a child, because everyone has an opinion. Kimberly Linko is a demographer from McCrindle. She's analysed current data about baby names to find out what determines how Australian parents choose a name for their child, where trends are heading, and why naming is so stressful. Hi, Kim. How are you? Hi. Good. Thank you. Why do you think it's so stressful for parents? Well, I think these days naming a child is so important because of this digital era that that we're living in. Having a name is more than just what your teacher is going to call you at school and what you fill out on a form. It's actually, you know, it could be your future business name for an entrepreneur. It could be your um, website domain name. And there's just so much more to it than a name, you know. It's, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's really important. As, as we're in the digital era. Yeah, and you know, I didn't even think about that. I just needed to choose. I felt the weight of it because I often feel like a name is a personality Absolutely. as well. Like you don't want to – I wanted to call our daughter Grace. I shouldn't yes. have said that in front of my mother because she's like, and what <laughs> happens if she's a bit – And I said, what does mean, mum? She's like, not graceful. And I went, oh, oh yeah, that's a point. Like yes. you don't want to give them a name that is – Absolutely, that's a good point. And I feel like parents think so much about it because it's a lifelong thing, you know. it's um, There's so many different personalities that can be uh, perceived from just a name. As Especially you know. if you knew someone you didn't oh, like who had I that know. name. I know, it can ruin it, it for life, can't it? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Absolutely can. Yeah. All right. So let's go to your data. Yes. Um, years ago, it used to be that we would name a child continuing a family name. Does yeah. that still happen? I mean, it does happen. We d- still see those traditional names in the list, um, quite far up the list, actually. But what we're seeing these days is that there are more modern names in the top 10. Um, so, for example, our, our top boy names is Oliver, Jack, William, Noah and Henry. There are some traditional names like Henry. You know, that's really quite old name, but beautiful. And with Charlotte being number one for girls, Olivia, Amelia, Ava and Mia the top five. There are some traditional names, but I mean, I think these days parents are, are kind of opting for more individuality, a bit more uniqueness. There's a bit, there's a bit, a bigger pool of names to choose from rather than just the family names. Yeah. Because you, when I was growing up, everyone was called Melissa or Emma. Yep. <laughs> Nothing wrong with those names, but it was very common. Whereas when we were naming our kids, we were like, we don't want anyone else to have the Absolutely. same name. Yeah. But that has its own little curse as well if you're not careful because our kids are Darcy and Arlo we thought both of those names were completely unique mm. and then a friend pointed out that they were on like the top hipster list names uh, and I was, oh, they're no. pretty cool <laughs> well are they if they've been called hipster names yeah no I know what you mean but yeah absolutely there's um, definitely a trend of these parents I mean I, I, I contributed to an article recently and I wanted to read the comments there was lots and lots of comments on the article and I thought oh free focus group let's have a look you know let's look at these comments and so many people were like, I was the 15th Daniel in my grade, so I didn't want to be called Daniel or, you know, I, I had, I grew up with five Jessicas. I mean, in the, um, the babies that were born in like the late eighties, the early nineties, um, Jessica was one of the top 
names and it came to a point where there was one in every 30 girls named Jessica. Wow. So the babies that were born in that era. And I mean, as you can, I know I had so many Jessicas in my grade at school. And I think that that's why there's a much bigger pool of names these days because parents want to have a bit more uniqueness. So they grew up with lots of commonalities with other names. So they want something very special for their child. Yeah. Okay. So when I said it can be a curse, I I love my kids' names. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) I don't think it's a curse to be on a hipster list. It's a bit embarrassing. It's not a curse. (laughs) Um, What about those names that are exceptionally unique. Yes. So, for example, uh, celebrities naming their kids Apple of or Ivy Blue, or if we go back to Frank Zappa calling his kid Moon Unit, oh, you know, wow. <laughs> what about, or there are the ones, there are um, names where they spell Caden with mm. a K-A-Y-D-O-N, so they're changing the spelling, etc. That child has to live with that choice. Oh, it does. Do we know the impact of those really exceptionally unusual names where someone will go, that can't be your name? Yeah. Well, you know, I get asked about Apple all the time, (laughs) Gwyneth Paltrow's daughter. It's so funny because it is. And I think that that when when Gwyneth called her child Apple, that was, I think she's like 15 now or something. And that was just so bizarre to everyone. But now I think it's like she paved the way, you know, for, for these unusualists. Um, but I just don't think it's going to make it in the top 100. I just think it's a little bit out there. But I think that looking at the list, there is definitely those more out there names. And also, um, there's a lot of names that are traditionally masculine sounding names given to girls as well um, that kind of increase their... Like so, Frank, Frankie, yeah, Billy. Exactly. That was Darcy. exactly... Yes, <laughs> exactly. And I think that's something that celebrities have, have been doing. Um, and it's not to say that we love celebrities so much that we're going to call our kids after them. But it's just to say that, um, you know, for example, Blake Lively, she's a woman, but she has the name Blake. She called her child James. Um, And, you know, there's this, there are some celebrity trends that are happening. However, I think Apple may be a bit too far. (laughs) Too far on your side. What about, um, so names that are uncommon that you know, do parents think about, oh, if I call, so my name's Siobhan. Yes. When I was born 42 years ago, my dad, well, they, there weren't many Irish Siobhans around. Mm. So my dad said, call her Siobhan, but it has to be phonetic. Yes. So while I have to spell my name, most people can pronounce it. Yes, yes. But there are p- plenty of people who don't have that luxury I with know. certain names that are different. Do you think parents think about that at all? Well, I hope so. I think, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, the, the name Siobhan, I think it's so beautiful. And there's also a, a spelling of it that it, it pronounced is like Siobhan. Yes, the, R, <laughs> the Gaelic spelling. Yeah. Yes, and I, I think well. so. So your parents have been very kind to you to give you a phonetic spelling. Um, but I think, yeah, there, there are um, parents out there that I think I, I would I would hope that they would understand that um, unusual spelling or unusual pronunciation is is does impact someone's life you know it um, for example my sister her name is Crystal and my parents um, they that she was born in the mid 80s and my parents I guess you could say they're ahead of their time at the time but they were like oh we want different spelling um, you know we don't want her to just be like a crystal vase we want to give her something different um, but she has spent her whole life spelling her name because it is completely off trend it's like each the each letter of it is different to the 
Your poor sister. I know, but I mean, it does. It definitely has an impact. Um, but I mean, I think it's still. I think it's still cool. You know, I think it's still a form of self-expression, and and I, I wouldn't shy away from it. You know, what about? I'm um, just going back a step to what we were talking about with the um, the trend to name a girl a boy's name I know that when we named Darcy her Mm. name we liked the idea that it could be either sex part of that I felt was empowering but we certainly haven't seen it switch the other way have we no we we have not boys are not being given (laughs) girls names that's kind of interesting isn't it I think it is and I think that's a broader conversation I think you know I mean why is that I I don't know Um, the only list uh, sorry the only name that actually appears on both lists is the name Charlie so Charlie's on um both the boys and the girls list. But yeah, we're seeing a lot of names um, climbing up the ranks, actually quite a lot, actually, with like particularly Frankie, Billy, Harper. Harper's really gone up the ranks a lot. Um, And it is empowering, I think. You know, I was happy to see that. I think that there's more women in the workforce these days and there's more women empowerment. um, And I think that while the top five girl names or even the top 10 is very quite very girly ending in that vowel sound like Ava Amelia um, but there is definitely a trend of, of these girl names that are traditionally boys so and are you able to tell me this might be a bit too finicky but <laughs> were there more unusual names more modern names shall we say in the girls list to the boys list or was it fairly even well uh, I would have to look into that a lot more because that's a really interesting point however I can tell you that there is a lot of a lot more creativity with the girls list I uh, for example with the with the girls list um, the very top name was Charlotte and that was given to about 1,600 babies in, in last year. But with Oliver, um, it was given to just over 2,100 boy names. So, you know, there's an equal split of boys born to girls born, but dramatically more babies given the top name. So it, it's showing that the pool of girl names is massive. It's There's so many more names, and I think that we're being more creative. Um, however, I did actually look and see if there was a few unique ones. Um, there's names like Luna, Freya, Harlow, and Ayla, which I think are like kind of different, um, have a different bit more of a different spin. Um, but with the boys' names, they are very traditional yeah. <laughs> and there is a there is a smaller pool. So yeah, I would definitely want to look into that further though because yeah. I think that's an interesting point. So we, you mentioned the influence that celebrities can have. Yeah. But of course, as you mentioned, we're in the digital age. Social media is a huge part of our lives. Do we know if that has any influence on the names people are choosing? I think it definitely would. I mean, social media is absolutely infiltrating our lives in every way and why wouldn't it infiltrate our baby name choices, you know? I think... um, if you think about Facebook, for example, I mean, what's the number one thing that every single person would have is their name on their Facebook profile. I mean, um, we have so much access. If we log on, we can see hundreds of names. I mean, if we go to Babyology's uh, Facebook pages, like millions of names there that we can just have a look at. And, and I think that more so when we look on social media, um, you can like look on um, news websites or whatever, and you can click on the top comments. And there's just so many, so many names that you can have a look at. But also I think where we've got more people in our circles on social media, you know, there's, there's people that we grew up with, um, people that we've just met. So we have this um, access to more people and therefore more names. Yeah. So I think more that it has greater influence that way. Totally. Yeah. 
What about that digital foot, footprint you're mentioning that mm. parents are thinking about future employability? Yes. <laughs> uh, I know that there's been some research in the United States that found people were more likely to get a call back for a job if they mm. had a traditional Anglo sounding name that was easy to spell. Yeah. Do you think that is becoming uh, an influencing factor here in Australia as well? Well, I think that with employability, there's so many different factors. I mean, it's so hard to pinpoint what's the number one factor of employability. But I think that that's, I, I would hypothesize that it's definitely a big factor for parents. You know, you, we're, we're wanting, it's not just our boys, you know, going and getting a job like back in our grandparents era. It's like, oh, you know, give our boys a normal sounding name because he's going to be the boss one day or something. I think there's every, every child would hopefully grow up and be in the workforce. And I think that this employability is a really important aspect. Um, and especially with more women, perhaps you could say that the trend of the traditionally boy sounding names given to, to girls, I don't know, would that help them get a job one day, you know, I don't think that that would be the number one factor, but maybe there's just some underlying factors there. Yeah. yeah. I can't get out of my head the name Apple. I know. No matter how, no matter where we go with this conversation, I just think surely if Apple was applying for a job, A, they'd know she'd have to be Gwyneth Paltrow's daughter. Yes. Who's <laughs> going to call their kid Apple after yeah. that? And B... She must be teased so much. I know. You have to feel for the kids. But, I mean, if your mother's Gwyneth Paltrow, maybe it can't be that hard for you. <laughs> Life can't be that hard. I don't know. <laughs> Kim, you could argue. Yeah, yeah. You really yeah. could argue. But I do, I do feel for that. And I think it is really creative and perhaps they're getting set on the path of a really creative and self-expression and all these types of things in their life. such an optimist. I love it. I (laughs) love it. Glass glass half full. Yeah. I like the way you're looking at it. So um, you did mention the top five names. Yes. Tell me what are the others that have made the top 10 for the boys and girls? Yeah. So for the top 10, we've got, for the boys I'll start with, we've Mm. got Oliver, Jack, William, Noah, Henry, Thomas, Leo, Lucas, James, and Liam. I love every single one of those names. I think they're beautiful, <laughs> but it's it's really interesting. I mean, there's quite a few. Um, there's two royal names in there, which I think is a big influence. Um, we've got Henry, which is Prince Harry's formal name, and then, of course, Prince William. And then for the girls, we've got Charlotte, Princess Charlotte, of, of course. course. <laughs> um, Olivia, Amelia, Ava, Mia, Isla... <laughs> Grace, Harper, Chloe, and Willow. And, I mean, those top, I mean, even just the top six, they all have the same sound. I mean, they're practically the same name for yes. well, the top Well, Mia and uh, the, those ending in A's, I feel like they've been popular for quite a few years, oh, would yes. you say? Absolutely. Yeah, the top five, I find, haven't really changed much in the last couple of years. I mean, even like the last six years. I think when, when it comes to the top five names, um, Australians don't really change it much. It's we like when, it, when, we find we a, when we find something good, we want to stick to it. Um, and so particularly Charlotte. Charlotte has been undefeated since 2015. Wow. <laughs> and, and Oliver has been undefeated since like 2013 or something. Wow, isn't that so, interesting? Yeah, we don't change much. No, we, we do. Over time we do, but just in the short term, we, um, yeah, we're, we're, we stick to what we like. Okay. And do you think that as we get more multi- multicultural and hopefully more progressive that we're seeing any 
cross-cultural use of names. Yeah, I, I hope so. I mean, we do see some um, more multicultural names in the list. Um, one that comes to mind is Muhammad, which is um, an international name. And I, I, I definitely can see this happening. We've got this cross-cultural. I mean, think about Australia. Think of how multicultural we are compared to like any other country. Um, and Australians have so much more access to names. It's not just the names that we grew up with, the names like biblical names or names that we know of in the family, we have access to baby name blogs and baby name search engines and apps and, you know, all these things. And so we actually have access to global names, um, cross-cultural names, um, intergenerational names. And so I hope that in the next 10 years, we see a lot more multiculturalism in our top 100. And, you know, because I think that there are some absolutely stunning international names out there. So hopefully they get on the list. <laughs> I've just been thinking if I was listening to this now and I had yet to name my baby, uh, yes, I might be a little little bit overwhelmed. Oh, I can understand that. <laughs> Look at all the things I'm saying that there are, <laughs> all these factors. Would you? I know your your work is not in finding names for people, but learning why we name our babies the way yeah. we do. But would you have any advice for parents if they're like, oh, oh no, what do I do now? There's too uh, many names. Oh, you know, I had this conversation with my sister. She's 20 weeks pregnant and I feel for her because I'm, you know, babbling <laughs> on about my data and yeah. And um, I just think I would say to them, it's okay. You don't have to like fully overthink it because at the end of the day, if it's a name that you really love, like that's, that's what's, you know, you're, you're in charge. You're going to be naming, naming your child and, um, saying their name a lot. Oh yes. In the good times <laughs> and the bad. <laughs> so yeah, I think just, um, uh, just, just have a look and see, uh, what, what names are there that you really like? Um, and, you know, you don't have to think about all these influences, you know. There's so many tools out there now. You know, it's not just the books. There's there's apps that make it so much easier. You know, there's this um, app one of my colleagues got me onto um, to, to kind of research. It's called Kinder, and it's like Tinder, but for baby names. <laughs> <laughs> and so your husband or your partner will look. Um, they'll have an account. You'll have a, an account, and you can actually, like, just switch through names. Oh, so it just records the ones you like and exactly. the ones they like and then you have a list. Exactly. Yeah, how much better is that? So I think that um, you know, if you if you want to just keep it simple, do that. <laughs> well, I just have to mention as well that Cinnamon, our producer, would like to mention that Kinder is children in German. Oh, but I do like it. Yeah, but it still works like Tinder. Ah, uh, yes, I love of it. Course. Very clever. Very clever. I thought like Kinder <laughs> surprise because it kind of is a surprise, but that, same they thing, can't though. use that. <laughs> no, but yeah. it's the same thing. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, Kim, that has been fascinating. Way more fascinating than I thought names oh, could be. I'm flattered. <laughs> thank you so much for coming in. Oh, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. That was Kimberly Linko. She is a social demographer from McCrindle. For access to more of Kimberly's naming analysis, just head to our website. That's babyology.com.au forward slash feed, play, love and search for Kimberly. That's K-I-M-B-E-R-L-E-Y. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced by Elise Cooper and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. You can get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.